Welcome to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. Shep will talk with some of the smartest thinkers in business to help make you more successful in your professional and personal life. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. Hello, everyone. Shep Hyken here. We're back on Amazing Business Radio with another amazing interview. And I'm excited today because we have Michelle Hayward, the CEO of Blue Dog Design. And we're going to be talking about company culture, which, as you know, if you've been listening to the show, that's one of my favorite topics is how do you develop that culture that makes people just want to go to the mat for you, that makes people uh, love the organization they work for. And as you know, here at Amazing Business Radio, we love to hear your feedback and we'd like to hear your answers. Or actually, I'd like to give you the answers to your questions that you might have. All you have to do is go on any social media channel, look for me. Um, usually my handle is at Shep Hyken or like on Twitter, it's just at Hyken. There's a great story there. Remember, we were only allowed 150 characters or whatever it was. I didn't want to waste them on four characters by putting my first name in there. So at Hiken. But shoot us your questions. Shoot us your story. We'll either talk about it here or on one of the other uh, mediums that I uh, participate in. By the way, one of those is Be Amazing or Go Home. It's a TV show that you can watch on Amazon Prime, Roku, um, lots of other places. You can even go to my YouTube channel. We have the actual episodes there. So that's Be Amazing or Go Home. But it's time to get into Amazing Business Radio with Michelle Hayward. As I mentioned, the CEO of the award-winning innovative brand and growth consultancy called Blue Dog Design. Welcome to the show, Michelle. Thanks, Chef. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me on. So we're going to have some fun. And the idea behind fun is you're just going to answer a lot of questions. And we're going to start a conversation and we're going to talk about culture. But the first thing I want to do is I want everybody to know what Blue Dog does. You're up in Chicago and uh, you're having a nice time up there living uh, the dream that I just got to live recently with the St. Louis Blues. Finally winning their Stanley Cup. You got to experience in the last couple of years, <laughs> the Cubs winning their World Series. It can happen. Yes. It can happen. <laughs> Dreams do come true. So no doubt about that. So Michelle, give us a, a little bit of background on Blue Dog. So Blue Dog is a growth and business transformation consultancy located in Chicago, as you kindly pointed out. Uh, we focus on creating clarity for organizations. And we do that by providing services such as uh, business strategy services, innovation strategy services, and brand strategy services. So that's great. So you're a consultancy and you've been around for a while. And really part of what you feel has made you successful is the culture that you've developed at Blue Dog. So what was the impetus that uh, led you to take a look at that internal culture and decided to make the changes that you've made? You know, actually, I created the company about 20 years ago, and when I started the when I started the firm, culture was already one of my initiatives. So I had come out of you know I grew up in a family business, so you know, grandma and grandpa on both sides of the family worked. There's total chaos. I came out of college. I worked for Citicorp North America, so massive multinational. Uh, company, and then I went and worked for entrepreneurs again. And I had the I had such a myriad of experiences, good, bad, and ugly throughout my journey. That when I started Blue Dog, I was really focused on creating a, an intentional culture, one that really mattered to me, and one that would enable people to show up and be their best selves. So this is what's cool: is that 20 years ago, people were not talking about the internal culture, were they? 
I don't remember that they were because I've been studying this for a long time. And it wasn't until, gosh, uh, there was no glassdoor.com back then where you could go check <laughs> out the internal culture and how people love their executives. So what, what was it that made you uh, know that that was important? Especially because you're only like 28 years old and you've been doing this now for 20 years. You started at such a young age. No, seriously. <laughs> no, I did. I mean, I really did start this company at a younger age, but I had already come out of several different businesses where mm -hmm. there I either a culture that made me feel uncomfortable as a younger woman or a culture or, or just a, a place where I showed up every day that was devoid of culture that made me think and feel the wasted time and inefficiency that was there because there weren't common ways of doing things and there weren't specific things that were rewarded in those cultures. So it, for whatever reason, I had those very intense experiences that shaped my need for driving that home immediately. All right. So if you could identify three, like of the most important, um, what's the point, what's the word I can use here? Uh, like what were the, uh, really the focus, the pillars of the culture. Give me your top three most important that you wanted to bring in based on the experience you had feeling uncomfortable not feeling like there was a process. Yes. Yeah, so we believe that values shape behaviors. So we talk about culture as being steeped in values. And what the first thing was all around intentionality for me. So if there's this desire to answer the right questions, to make deliberate choices, to move the conversation forward, we felt that could help us be bold and confident and prepared. And the opposite of that is showing up every day in a place where you don't know what's expected of you and uh, you talk about your commute for three hours, right? <laughs> totally inefficient. So um, intentionality was really important that we show up, ask the right questions and be bold. Um, mm -hmm. Curiosity. We want to explore, we want to wonder, we want to dream, we want to figure it out, and we want to do that together. And we believe that since we're, at, you know, we're answering hard questions and complex problems every day, we want to make sure that we're able to bring our creativity to bear. And we can do that in the, in the form of being curious. And curiosity is also a really good indicator for a growth mindset, for uh, finding people who want to learn and in order to solve tough problems, you have to be a learner. Right. Yeah. So, and that's interesting because I think, you know, curiosity definitely doesn't kill the cat here. It actually, um, it expands the opportunity for people. If they are curious enough to want to move forward, curious enough to know why things work and you're giving them the opportunity to ask those questions without feeling encumbered to do so. That's a good part of the culture. Do you have a third one? We do. Well, we have five. I'll talk. I'll, I'll okay. take the, yeah, the third one. Real quick. <laughs> um, pure part is our our third one. So we believe. So we were talking sports earlier about the St. Louis Blues. We believe that we have total heart for the game. So we are a team of people who are often in what we call the struggle. You know, we're given these hard problems. We're given these tight timelines, and we're asked to to illuminate these paths forward for our client teams. And in order to do that, we have to be pure of heart. We have to be driven by this notion of, of service and willing to get in the muck and drive towards solutions and struggle to that point where we have clarity. 
And we, you can also call it, you know, having heart for the game or leaving it all on the floor, uh, et cetera. We have to have, we have to have that as a core foundational value for Mm -hmm. what we do. Um, The other two are agility. So we believe that the path, neither the path nor um, the journey are predetermined. So we have to be able to pivot all the time. You know, early in my career, I was astounded by how many times clients would come up to me after a capabilities presentation and just be like, wow, that was great. That was so interesting. And I'm like, wow, what made it interesting? And they were like, well, we loved your case studies, but just the fact that you would answer our questions midstream is really telling. Uh, breaking like, yeah. the breaking yeah. the thread and, and being able to come back in. That's great. Yeah. And then the, um, the fifth one is we, we wrap up freedom, transparency, and accountability into one set of values. And we believe that we are a platform for people to come here and do great work in an environment where they also own the decisions and they're accountable for those decisions. And transparency is our key for unlocking that, making the information and the value that they bring transparent to them goes a long way in enabling them to be accountable. Uh, So transparency, but I'd say sub piece of that is accountability. So that's great. You have intentionality, curiosity, pure heart, agility, and transparency, uh, which I love. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, I want to talk a little bit more about uh, what you did. You identified these. How did you come up with them? How did you create them? Because as any company starts to build a culture, they need they can't just come in with a blank slate. Leadership has to start to define, but also leadership has to listen to what uh, others are saying. If it's a good idea, a bad idea, accepted idea. Was there something that you said, this is a non-negotiable? I don't care what anybody says. I want to go forward with this as one of my pillars or my values or whatever. We're going to talk about all that and more when we come back on Amazing Business Radio. So don't go away. It's been said that you can't improve what you don't measure. And one of the most important areas to measure is the customer experience. My friends at Service Guru have an amazing solution that quickly allows your customers to rate their experience and more importantly, rate and review your employees. On average, their platform captures 50 times more valuable and actionable feedback about your staff and business because it's at the point of interaction before your customers ever leave. All types of businesses use Service Guru to measure and improve service, including restaurants, retail stores, doctors, dentists, and more. If you have customers and you want their feedback, go to www.serviceguru.com and tell them Chef sent you. You're listening to Amazing Business Radio with best-selling author and customer service and business expert, Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio talking with Michelle Hayward, the CEO of Blue Dog Design. We're talking about culture, and she shared the five uh, pillars, values, whatever you want to call them. But here is my question to you. Uh, How did you come up with these five? Did you do it in a group? Did you do it on your own? And is there something here that you said, this absolutely has to be there? I know I'm repeating myself as we uh, headed into the break, but this is where I want this conversation to continue. So I did do it on my own in the beginning, but the values that we had while they're the same as they were 20 years ago, they didn't sound the same necessarily. So I think over the years, other people, many other people have helped me 
become a more sophisticated and nuanced in how we clarify these values for mm -hmm. more people. So that's been really helpful. But uh, they're all what I would call conditions of satisfaction to be okay. hired here and to thrive here. So, Whose satisfaction, yours or your employees? I would say my employees because the employees are really the ones that are in the work, in the struggle, um, building these high performing solutions. And they want to do that with other people that are behaving in ways that are productive in this team and in this culture. Mm -hmm. So um, when somebody comes to work for you, how do they learn about these values? Is this something they learn uh, during the interview process, what they know they need to buy into? Is it something that they learned in, a, in, a, in an onboarding or a training once they're, they're there? Where does it start? So it starts in the interview process and we talk about our values quite a bit. And some people are really astute and they write that down and they figure out what that means for them and they come back the next time and they talk about it. Um, other people come in and they're onboarded um, in, I'm into more depth into our values and we have tools that support that. So uh, one of the tools that we have is something called the growth universe, which is a vertical development tool that essentially is how people can navigate their performance at blue dog and the, the ways of behaving show up in that growth universe. We also have ways of working at blue dog, which exemplify how to be, say, do, and track um, in meetings, in projects, and in behaviors with each other. Mm -hmm. And we also have ways of doing. So ways of doing are prescriptive actions that over the course of 20 years, we, we feel that we can recommend as best practices. And you'll see those values shaped into behaviors in the ways of doing as well. So they come to life not only in how the teams interact, but how the teams think about their interactions as well. Yep. Well, we're going to start talking in a moment about um, how uh, this spills over into the customer or client experience. But before that, I mean, these five values are important. Um, it, everybody has to live them. To me, they make such common sense. I mean, who wouldn't want to try to be in, a, in an environment where everybody is like this, where everybody's heading toward the same direction. You know, I, and I, I mentioned this at the break, Tony Shea, CEO of Zappos, has his 10 core values, and you have five here. And he believes if you're deficient in one, you're probably not going to fit in. I would imagine you feel the same way. Have you ever had to let someone go uh, or chosen, I'm sure it's easy to choose not to hire someone, but when you've got somebody in there, you realize they are just, you know, not good. Uh, it, it, they're not putting their heart into it. I, obviously, that's a, a motivation problem, but over a period of time, you let them go. But agility, they're just not good at turning on a dime. They're, they're set in their ways. How, how do you make the determination whether they can stay on or not? So by the time people are have gone through our interview process, they, we usually have a pretty good idea that they align with our values. However, in those cases where um, people, people do show up here and there's a misalignment in one or more of the values, uh, we, we have to address it. And that usually ends, uh, it, it usually ends in some kind of uh, action with the team. So curiosity is really one of the things that is the most difficult for us to abide by. If that isn't, a shared value, there isn't what we call a growth mindset. Mm 
And Ah. if there isn't a growth mindset, there's a fixed mindset. And that fixed mindset shows up like, I don't think that's right. Or I don't believe that. And in our culture and our team, we, we might say those things, but we might say, I don't think that's right yet. Yet. I don't believe. Add the word yet and it's safe. You can stay here. (laughs) Um, But that growth mindset is everything for us because we're constantly being challenged to learn new businesses, new cultural practices, new politics, new, I mean, there, there has to be an openness to learning and pivoting and being wrong. It's okay to be wrong. And I think you have to let people know that if they're not making uh, a few mistakes here and there, with the effort of doing the right thing, not making mistakes due to just not paying attention, but trying to do something and it not working, failing at that level is encouraged, no doubt. Um, you know, we have, and, and I know she's going to listen to this, so she's going to know, God, she, Shep's talking about me. Uh, one of my favorite people here in our company, actually, they're all favorites. They're all like my children. <laughs> they all look at me and they go, the old man, Shep. I'm not that old, but I'm older, I guess. Anyway, uh, we, we were talking and she said, well, I've never learned how to do this. And I go, well, but it's part of what you do, isn't it? Well, it could be, but I've never learned it. I go, well, it's time to learn it. Well, how do you suggest I do that? And all of a sudden, it's like, I'm, I'm, I feel like I'm arguing about, just learn it. Uh, go on YouTube. There's got to be a YouTube video. There's a YouTube video for everything, right? <laughs> you know, go on, go, I'll buy you a book. Do I need to buy you a book? And then the other day, she came in and she resolved an issue. And she says, you won't believe how I fixed it. And she told me, I go, look at what you just did. You learned something new today. And she goes, and your point is, so the point is we're always learning. And so, yes, you may not know how to do something yet, but you're going to learn how to do it if it's needed. And I think that's so important. And you, we encourage that. I think that the more you train people and the more you give them the opportunity to grow, the more you throw more, uh, uh, I guess not so much responsibility, but you know, you add more skill to their level, uh, they gain knowledge. I think that is an empowering type of a feeling and people love to be around that organization. Yeah, we believe that as well. I think that we feel like that's what makes us truly pure of heart. I mean, the, the willingness to lie down and wrestle it out, to take risks with our clients is what fuels their understanding that we will get it done with them together. They are not in it alone. Yep. I love it. So, um, hey, what we're going to do now is take a short break. And when we come back, and I normally wouldn't take the break this early, but I've got two really big questions for you. I have a feeling they're going to take a few minutes. The first question, so you can think about it over the break, is how does all of this impact the customer experience? And what role do your employees play in creating that unique experience that you want your customers and your clients to have? Because that's one of the reasons you're not just a CEO of a consulting firm that helps companies grow. You're award winning. You're recognized for being innovative and your employees not only play a role internally, but it, it, it play a role externally on how clients view you as an organization. And uh, so we'll talk about that. When we come back, don't go away. This is Amazing Business Radio, and you know there is more. 
Are you ready to be amazing? Of course you are. And that's why you tune into Amazing Business Radio. If you like what you're hearing here, you're going to love my new TV show, Be Amazing or Go Home. Each episode is devoted to sharing ideas to help you be amazing in both your business and personal lives. We also feature an app or technology every week that you're going to find fascinating, and we always have at least two guests on the show. The show is now available on Amazon Prime, Roku, C-Suite TV, and more, so the choice is yours. Be amazing or go home. This is Amazing Business Radio with Shep Hyken. We're back on Amazing Business Radio. Michelle, let's talk about how all, what is, I mean, we've talked about the culture, your five pillars. We know enough about you now and think about, okay, how does this kind of thing impact the customer experience? So many ways, Shep. There are so many ways that this team works and behaves against these values that show up in in a way that matters. So first of all, I would say, surprisingly, perhaps for some, but Our negotiation and contracting process is heavily based on the values we employ. So if you think about it, we've learned that over time, the best place to be with our clients when we're going through contracting and negotiation is together with them. So we bring transparency to that discussion and we back it up from the other side. We stay in the conversation, we hold ourselves accountable, and we talk to them about mutuality. We want this contract, this negotiation to be a win-win for both parties. And so that idea of transparency plays through not only in making information available for our employees on the inside, but then also making our motives and our outcomes transparent to our client teams in those negotiation processes as well. Now, I'm going to ask you to continue this, but first I, I have to ask and interject and interrupt. Do you expect your clients to play into your values or it, maybe you don't expect them, but has there ever been a time where a company was just so not one of these that you chose to say, Hey, it's not working out or we don't want to do business with you. Yes, that's absolutely happened. I think our, our pure of heartness, if you will, um, leads us to that conclusion maybe a little later than it should sometimes. But when we find that we're really coming up against tough relationship walls over and over and over again, we, I think we finally come to the conclusion that we're not being asked to be in that, that struggle together to, to really solve those problems together in a way that enables us to live out our pure of heart value. And that becomes ultimately something that is an obstacle. Yeah. I can see where um, if somebody is not, I mean, these are the pure of heart, the transparency, if you feel you're struggling, I think it also sends a message to your, your people, your team that, Hey, you know, we expect this from you. We're not going to put you in a situation where you're fighting somebody with uh, over the belief of our core values. So that, that's interesting. Um, right. It doesn't make sense, right? Somebody invites you in and they say, hey, we're going we're gonna to pay you high value, high value money for high stakes outcomes. And, and then we're going to put up a wall and make that really difficult for you. Right. I mean, not it, easy. Not so easy. I've got a buddy of mine, Steve Miller, and Steve's been on our show before. He's, he really does some really cool uh, uncommon marketing type things. One of the uncommon things he does is when he enters into a contract with his clients, he has a list of requirements that the client abide by. And they're always things that says, look, you expect this from me. 
I also expect these same things from you. So if I call you and you don't return my call, we're done. You know, well, I think he probably gives them a little bit of a chance, but you know <laughs> what I'm saying? It's like, if you're, you expect me to return your call, you need to do the same and extend me the same courtesy. One of the things he adds in there, he says, by the way, I'll never charge you for first class, but do not expect to see me sitting in coach. Uh, <laughs> when it comes to the expenses. And another thing he says, I never wear a tie. So don't expect me to wear a tie either. And so he's got his own uh, in there, but he wants to make sure. It's, I guess that's transparency. That's transparency. In action. Yeah, it's in action. So um, oh, great. So there's one example of how, you know, some of these the cultural values fall over into the client experience. Anything else you want to add to that? I think agility. Um Agility helps us drive project work forward in the most effective ways. And I think our flexibility enables us to not only make a change in the plan because new information, I mean, we're in a dynamic business environment, right? New information becomes available all the time. Teams change all the time. Leadership changes more than we would like it to in these firms That's that we work for. It it's yeah. tough when it does, but we will be flexible and change the plan to be true to the right outcome. And that sounds easy to say. A lot of firms won't do that, but we will also help our client team storytell so that it is effective on the inside when we have to make a change. Mm. And that, that also takes real commitment and creativity, um, but it's very, very important to do so in these dynamic times. All right. So, uh, employees, they're on the front line. Give me a story. Tell me something that they've done living out your core values to save a client, win a client's heart's over, heart's over. Just give me, give me that story. Do you have one? <laughs> I know this is a surprise question. <laughs> I think what comes to mind is last week on LinkedIn, I saw a post from one of our clients and she had taken a picture of a specialty coffee container that was created for her. And on the coffee container, it said her name and that this blend was for her and you know th they were wishing her a great day. And that was done by Joey on the inside at Blue Dog, who is, uh, he runs our bodega for our hospitality team. So uh -huh. he takes care of the client team meetings and we have client team meetings every day. And over the course of a short amount of time, he learned what her prefer this woman's preferences were. And he made sure not only that they were available to her, but that she had a special call out and she was welcomed here in a way that made her feel great. They were going to do hard work. They were going to be here for 10 hours. And he did everything he could to make sure that her day was started off right. And she was, she was fueled not only by coffee, but by the love that we have uh, to give her. <laughs> personalization. All right. There's like three or four, maybe 10 lessons going on here. And I just want to throw them out. Number one, every day you have a team meeting. I can't tell you, I tell my clients over and over again, you have to have ongoing regular meetings to talk about what's going on. Everybody knows where, what they're supposed to be doing. They don't have to be company-wide meetings, but little departmental meetings. And it just starts the day off or starts the... Uh, you know, if you're in a shift type environment, starts a shift off just that much better to know that everybody's kind of in alignment. Number two, um, you knew that you were going into a long session with the client. So you made sure that you made that client as comfortable as possible. You found out what they like. And that was 
certain type of coffee, a certain blend. You made sure it was there. You noticed something. You personalized the experience. So personalization, next lesson. The third lesson is you got her a mug. You bought her a mug. The mug had her name on it, yes? It was actually a little coffee canister. Yeah, it had her name on it. We, we, he, so Joey actually got on Photoshop, designed something for her, printed it out, put it on this, this little container and made it adorable and uniquely and, hers. And uniquely hers. And did anywhere, did it have the name of your company on this little container or mug? It did not. Yes, that's what I was hoping you would say. And I'll guarantee you, when she looks at this, she will not have to see your pretty logo to know that it came from you. Correct. And that's the point. I had my buddy, uh, John Rulin, the giftologist on our show. And this <laughs> is one of the most powerful things he says. If you give somebody something that's meaningful and personal, and by the way, it took a little bit of time, it, but it didn't cost a whole lot of money. It, but it's one of, it was so powerful that she took a picture of it and posted it on her LinkedIn page for the world to see. Tremendous, right? Yeah, yeah. And I know that wasn't what you were looking for. Well, actually, it, it wasn't that you were looking for PR and press and opportunity. You were looking to make impact with the client and let them know that you're thinking about them, you know who they are, you appreciate them. And that was something that isn't deeply personal, but personal enough that they know that you truly had to think about it. That's a great lesson in itself. I agree. One of my, my, my weeks are made often by the fact that I am the recipient of emails from our clients who are so ready to let me know that such and such individual delivered for them or that this other individual really came with game and put together such an amazing strategy. They can't wait to share it with the rest of the organization. They are compelled to reach out and say, not good job, Blue Dog, but great job, Blue Dog, and these individuals are tremendous, and I know that they're in it to win it for me. Amen. That's the way it works. And it all starts, by the way, with getting the right people on the bus to begin with. So there's a lot to going into that hiring, which we could spend another hour, two hours, or 10 hours talking about. Let's wrap it all up with the one thing question. Is there one thing that you want to leave with us, one little piece of information, a nugget, if you will, or is it something you want to reiterate? I would leave with the audience that transparency is so key to designing a culture where people feel that they are truly a part of not only the team, but the work, the accountability, the outcomes. They need information and they need to know what's going on in the organization to be able to feel like they can truly commit. Transparency. So transparency is it. Uh, it's like uh, years ago, I remember, I just saw the movie the other night, Grease. I don't know, just, I didn't watch the whole movie, just saw it was on Grease. Remember, Grease is the word. Grease is the word. It's got mood, it's got feeling. Well, today's word is transparency. That's what it's all about at Blue Dog Design. Michelle Hayward, thanks so much for being on the show. This is why we call it Amazing Business Radio. Lots of great information about how it works behind the scenes, building the culture. So thanks for being on the show. Thanks, Shep, and thanks to Amazing Business Radio. Happy to be here. Oh, all right. Thank you. Well, that's another episode, another interview. We have another one coming up next week, so be sure to come back. And until then, this is Shep Hyken reminding you to always be amazing. 
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.